Hi, I'm Allison Bukowski, and this is The Customer X-Files. I'm delighted to bring my years of experience supporting, building, and leading customer marketing and advocacy initiatives to the amazing community that supported me throughout my career. I've always been committed to moving CMA programs from transactional to engaging multidimensional experiences, and this podcast is no different. Each episode, I'm joined by an incredible thought leader within the customer marketing and advocacy space, generous enough to share insights, knowledge, and experience with all of us, the Customer X community. Brought to you by the PeerSpot Network, nothing is off limits. If it has to do with the customer experience, we want to talk about it. And just as our industry continues to evolve, so will this podcast. Several days after each session, we'll invite all of you to join in a live Q&A session with our guest. So let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome again to another episode of the Customer X-Files. I'm Allison Bukowski, but more importantly, I am very excited that on this episode today, I am joined by Anna Kucher, who is the Customer Advocacy Manager at Wiz. And Anna and I have known each other for a while, and we started chatting about doing this episode a, a few months ago. And Anna has over five years of experience in customer marketing at companies like New Relic and Okta before she joined Wiz. She was the first functional hire in her current role which makes her the perfect candidate for today's topic. She knows a thing or two about getting started and building advocacy programs from scratch. And I love that Anna is passionate about storytelling. That's a must, of course, and building these programs that are really customized to meet the goals of the organization. We have that in common. And so the timing of this episode is excellent as we're starting the new year and we're gonna to talk today about tools and technology to help make our lives easier as customer advocacy professionals. So with the start of the new year, many of us are looking at how can we automate or maybe just improve efficiency overall. So we're gonna dig into those topics. Welcome to the show, Anna. I'm so excited to have you. Thanks for joining. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah. So. I said today's topic is going to resonate with everyone and it'll hit home, especially for those of us that have built an advocacy program or we're looking to enhance ours, or maybe we are just building one from scratch. But, you know, we know that we can't build out a strong program. We, we could build anything we want with exciting activities and engaging communication. But if you don't have the right tools, or the technology or mechanisms in place to actually measure and execute, you're gonna probably have a few challenges in front of you. So I can't wait to hear your take on that. But before we do that, you know I'm a big believer in, in people before professionals. So I have to ask you an icebreaker question. We know that you're a customer advocacy wizard, but what about other secret talents? What's something that you're really good at that maybe people might not know about you? I was thinking about this. I, <laughs> so I am not like, you know, I don't have a party trick. I wish I had one of those cool things that I could do. But one thing I'm very, very good at remembering random pop culture facts from whenever the decade, like I, for some reason, I'm really, I'm a good trivia partner in that sense. If you give me some pop culture 
questions, I'll probably, I'll probably help the team out. So, um, nice. Do, that's you, mine. do you do trivia? Have you participated? We do sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Like intermittently I, um, with the pandemic, I feel like things fell off, but I, I went to trivia this week, so I'm back at it. <laughs> that that's very cool. And it's okay. Don't feel bad because I, I put this question out there and then I realized that I kind of shot myself in the foot because I really should answer it whenever I ask a guest a question. <laughs> and I'm like you, it's like, I have no idea what I'm going to say. Um, mm-hmm. I, but oddly enough, like you, although not trivia, but it's song lyrics. So I Ooh. always feel like I could have, could be on that show, you know, name that tune because mm-hmm. yeah. instead of important things like history or dates and things like that sinking into my head, uh, they don't. It's actually song lyrics. So maybe we should team up and we would and be we a great trivia. Team. We'd be a good team. <laughs> oh, absolutely. That's a great, great complimentary skills. I, I love it. Have you um, happened to notice on, I believe it's Netflix, because over the, the winter break, we were kind of looking at what to binge, that there's a trivia game on Netflix? I did see that. I didn't play it though, did you? It did. Uh, my my husband and I and one of my daughters who's kind of starting, to, she, she's big on the random uh, facts and things like that. Give it a whirl. It is not easy. It, oh. it, it, it's really not. So there you go. It's called Triviaverse, I think, or something like that. That's out there. And yeah, there's multiple rounds and you have to beat the trivia master. So check it out in case you want to, you know, keep your skills sharp for the next trivia competition. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's good to know. I'd like a, a challenge. Well, so if you're into, you know, I, I guess there is a parallel kind of if we think about, you know, trivia and, you know, learning and like there's a lot of like technology now involved when we go and do, you know, there's always like what, the computer systems and stuff like that. So let's transition might be a little, you know, bit of a U-turn, but let's talk about some of the yeah. basics about tools and technology when it comes to customer advocacy. Um, I, when we spoke the first time, this is a subject that a lot of people kind of want to run away from. And because mm. it's not, it's not easy always, and it's not mm-hmm. comfortable, but you were ready and embraced the opportunity to talk about it. So first question, why do you think there's such a hesitation though, to, to talk about mm. the tools and technology? That's a very great question. Um, I think the hesitation may base from a few different things. I think as advocacy professionals, a lot of what we have to do, unfortunately, is like fight. I don't want to say the word fight, but kind of. We have to, you know, push our function internally to prove its value and get the resources we need to be able to build these things. I think like that can sometimes be, you know, a hard experience and probably not something that people <laughs> would love to think about um, if they had to choose. I think that's one piece. I think the other piece is that it's like with everything. It's like, it's because it's so foundational. It's that one little thing that can be a small decision today can be a huge decision tomorrow. So there's a lot of opportunities to, you know, maybe missed up and, you know, no one's ever going to build it perfectly, but it does create, you know, something that has to be way more thought out and you have to be very you know detail oriented um in order to be successful and those can sometimes be also that can also be hard as well so 
I think that's why I think we it's something unfortunately we all have to figure out and deal with but I can understand why a lot of people don't prefer to focus on it what you said that was so I jotted it down that it's a it seems like a small thing or a small decision today but it can have such a large impact and I think that it's it's maybe not the exciting part like you said right mm-hmm. you, you want to build the program and you know this is something shiny and new and, and exciting but at least for me in my experience there is going to be the day when the newness and excitement kind of wears off and then leadership is knocking on your door wanting to yeah. know where's the metrics or the reports um, you know show me mm-hmm. the numbers about the success and I think now it's not a nice to have, right? It's, you have to be prepared to answer those questions and set yourself up for long-term success. So I I love that you think about it. Like this is really inherent to building out a program. Mm -hmm. Um, So let's talk a little bit about um, maybe some of those key areas. And I think then we'll sort of like, that can guide our conversation here. What do you think are, the key areas of of data or metrics management that are really important for customer advocacy, especially when you're getting started? Yeah, um, so I thought about this a lot. So when I first, just to give like context, when I first joined my current company, um, I mean, since I was the new functional hire, I always say like customer advocacy happens organically, no matter if there's a real, you know, human being sitting in this function at organizations and it's our challenge, no matter what size of a company, I believe like we're here to really wrangle in the craziness. There's things happening, popping popping up all over and we have to figure out how to, you know, like centralize that and track that and make it more effective and efficient. Um, I think that's what our job, that's what we're here for in a lot of ways. So when I think about how we break this out, there's a few different things. There's obviously like, in terms of customer advocacy, like we're creating a community, we're creating something that customers want to be a part of and want to interact with each other. So that's a piece that we have to focus on. And then there's obviously the impact to the business. So um, as customers participate in activities with us, we need to make sure that we are tracking that. We're, you know, looking at the effectiveness, um, what, how that's impacting deals, pipeline, et cetera. So on that side, um, I think about tracking pipeline influence in all of those activities that I mentioned, no matter it may be, you know, like the customer reference or even customer content. Um, at what point in the sales stage did that deal close? How big was that deal? All of those um, numbers and metrics is something that's very important to us. And then on the activity side, beyond just uh, sales references, there's a lot of, you know, we're always taking requests from many people internally with so many cross-functional partners, which is great. So being able to rein that in and see, okay, what are all the requests I'm getting? Because when I think about numbers and metrics and giving those reports out to leadership that you were mentioning, um, there are some things that we can directly tie numbers to, but majority of what we do is we're supporting another organization that is also measuring themselves. So we can see, you know, maybe it's a certain campaign, the campaign's team is running and they're measuring MQLs, leads and et cetera, those types of things. So they can see the effectiveness of the campaign, but in order to build the campaign, maybe they centered it on a customer speaker or a customer case study. 
So we're at the core supporting that and helping it be successful. So tracking those requests, seeing where have all the asks coming from and where are we supporting those? And we like to track, you know, like, are we fulfilling all of these things? Are we, you know, finding the customers that we need or building this content that we need? So um, I know I touched on it quickly, but like, I really think about, you know, customer speakers for certain things, customer content for campaigns, even customers for media, PR, if we put, you know, a customer, ideally, you know, this was far reaching, but like in front of Forbes, you know, what is the impact of that? Um, so that way we're, we're measuring those easy things, those, you know, I would say more direct customer um, items. And then there's the more indirect things, like who are we supporting and how are they measuring their effectiveness and impact? I, and that was a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I love that. And there, you, I had a couple on my list and you just added about four more to my list. <laughs> um, what, so I'd like to do a deeper dive into some of these areas. I think that that will be very interesting for the listeners, but to kind of guide that when you, cause I know you were the first functional hire, like you said. So yeah, one of the things typically that we do, especially if we're trying to set ourselves up for success when building an advocacy program is creating goals, but at the same time, understanding the goals of the organization. So for, for you, in your experience, um, you know, mm -hmm. you talked about a lot of things. What were the first couple that you knew, like, okay, I have to be able to track and measure, like, what was number one and two for you? Yeah, um, when we think of our goals, and this is a continuous conversation too, luckily being at a startup, is we are still establishing how do we want to, you know, benchmark, I'm in the marketing organization, so benchmarking the marketing organization and how that supports those broader goals. Um, the most immediate and something that hasn't changed is really like we're high growth. So um, the getting MQLs in, building pipeline, converting leads is very important to us. Um, so we think about that as like the shining star. So very immediately I needed to start tracking, like when I was saying the supporting, you know, campaigns, field activities, et cetera, tracking that and be able to report out and see, you know, where are we putting customer voice in, um, and how is that, you know, pushing us towards those numbers that the broader team is, is looking at. So that is something that has not changed. I don't see it changing anytime soon, but I'd say that's like the biggest and how did you decide to to go about that? And if I can, maybe split that into two, like two areas. Um, one, I love that you mentioned other business areas and helping with with pipeline. So mm -hmm. let's look at that, and then let's look at the revenue tied to it because they're they're very connected, yeah. but also kind of two separate things. So walk us through how you started to do that. Yeah, well, first of all, we think about tools. I very quickly, this is kind of part of my um, internal uh, petition to get a reference tool was I, I very early on, um, I think a lot of organizations wait or cannot get approval till later to finally, you know, implement some time, some type of software tool internally to help with this tracking. But I was my first request, like day one, I was onboarding and I said, this is something that I want to do. Um, so I very quickly was said, okay, here are all these things we want to measure. Um, and then once I was luckily able to get something on in the first few months, so that way 
we could start looking at those pipeline influence, um, the pipeline inputs that we chatted about. So um, <clears throat> measuring, tracking all the reference activities. I want, don't want to say all because it's still wrangling in. So beginning to track you know, critical reference activities, tying them back to the pipeline, and then being able to look at those numbers at the end um, was the first part. And then the second part, like I said, were those campaigns. So like tracking in in the system, those requests, um, and then looking that that's something that's a little bit more manual. We have to look at the final, you know, reports for these different campaigns and um, the impact there, but pulling that all together. Um, I think, I think those are the two areas that you were talking about. Let me know if I missed something. Yeah. And, and with the, um, so the, the tool, and I love that you advocated for that out of the <laughs> gate. Um, yeah, I, you know, my, my, my first time around, you know, built a few advocacy programs and I didn't, that was a huge regret, but you don't know what you don't know at the time. Yeah. Um, and now it's sort of just part of the blueprint, if you will, yeah. that we're going to have to do this. So let's talk about that. And there's, you know, mm -hmm. various tools and, and things like that out there. Did you, um, uh, like how important was integration with that tool, right? We talk oh, about yeah. that um, with a CRM or, or other things within the business. Can you talk to that a little bit? It all ties back to what I was saying about one little decision now becomes something very large later. Um, and especially because I think there's also like a benefit that I had, but even <clears throat> I've also implemented these types of things in large organizations, so not even startups. So it's still a similar experience. Um, thinking about, okay, if I bring in a tool now, is it something that I'm gonna have to switch out in two, three years? Ideally, no, obviously we can't see the future, but I'm all about you know thinking about <laughs> A, B, C, D, E, like thinking through all the different contingencies, what could happen um, and integration that you mentioned is I would say like at the top of the list. So when I was looking and I still to this day think about bringing in tools or building these foundational um, aspects of the program, is how can it grow with me? And especially in areas that we may not have developed as a startup, I've also had other situations where, you know, there's already like a built out advocacy, not advocacy community, a customer community that's already built out. We already have like a context management system that's established. Um, currently where I'm at, we don't really have those things. So thinking about, okay, what tool is flexible? What tool gives me more opportunity or what team can potentially work with me more closely to make sure this is into can integrate into a future content management system or a system like high spot for the field to access content that was I think I, I did say that I do believe it was like my number one criteria and still is because that way for me as we grow and we change and we're already talking about finally you know rolling out a customer community so now that we're doing that working now to figure out, okay, how can I tie in my reference tool into this community platform? How can we push information both ways and get a better comprehensive picture of all of our advocates? Um, it's giving me that functionality. So I think that's, again, like I said, we can't see the future, but I think it is beneficial to step back and think through where could this go and where, where do the priorities lie to make this the most effective it can be. Yep, I, I love that. And I want to 
call out two things just to really to emphasize those that you just mentioned. Uh, one is that's really the importance of the strategic planning, right? To be able to look okay. at, yeah, I might be here today, but here's where I want to be, or here's where I know that we can be. And yeah. the other piece that you mentioned, um, although briefly, but I think it was very important to you is having a conversation with others within the organization and having those talks with internal stakeholders. Um, I know I spend a lot of time talking about, you gotta know their goals. You have to understand um, the goals mm -hmm. if you're gonna be able to you know, uh, sync up and achieve success together. But to your point, super important that you also understand the tools that they're using, the technologies, You know, is there an opportunity to, to integrate and potentially make both parties' lives easier. Uh, so mm -hmm. kudos to you for for doing that and bringing your partners in for the discussion and coming along for the ride. Oh yeah, I think you mentioned something that I actually had thought about um, ahead of this is, like you said, appealing to the people that you're talking to um, and understanding their position and what matters. I think even now, I'm sure I'm generalizing, but I'm sure that a lot of people with the economy and, you know, trying to sell whatever we're selling in this world right now, it becomes even more important to understand, okay, like, what are the value metrics? What do people really care about? I hear a lot where I'm sitting on like time to value, being able to speed up processes, like be more efficient. That's something that is really critical to companies right now. And so when I'm thinking about talking about this program and why it matters, I think about those different metrics. If I'm sitting with someone in sales, they like to go, they're trying to move quickly. Like they don't have time. So making it clear, if we do these different things, you can get what you need faster. You can be more effective at your job. So like spinning the conversation in that sense, or even if I'm talking to like a co-founder, you know, I don't think anybody founds a company if they don't care about the customers at the end of it. So really putting customers at the core of the conversation when we're trying to appeal for these programs and these resources, um, I found that to be more effective because, you know, like I think everyone quote unquote says they care about customers, but I think in some ways there's easy, it's easy to get caught up in the whole business of it all. So really finding a way to, to have effective conversations um, and advocate for your program yeah. is critical. Yep, com completely agree. And so we talked a little bit about um, the you know reference activity or revenue and and pipeline and things like that, and leveraging you know a tool and and hopefully one that that integrates with the other tools and systems. You know whether you know like your Salesforce shop or or whatever, um, making sure that that happens. So those are the ones that I find that are often they're kind of grouped together, right? Because you can you see the linearity, right? Okay, a reference request, and then I can fill that. And then I can showcase, you know, the, the impact on the revenue or the acceleration of that particular deal because we had the right reference at the right time. Um, mm -hmm. You also mentioned engagement activities, right? And, and if it's okay, I'd like to kind of pair that with um, maybe advocate data or just like information about your particular customers that are participating in the advocacy program, that one kind of tends to, at least from the conversations I've had, sort of sit on its island and it's a little trickier 
to, mm -hmm. I don't know, to use a tool or technology that is really easy to report on that kind of stuff. So, so talk about that. Like, how do you, how do you bring that stuff in um, and do so in a way where the technology can work on your behalf? Yeah. Um, this is one that, like you said, it is trickier. And I do think it takes more time to establish how you want to go about it in your respective organization. Um, and so a lot of these things are things that we're still, we don't even, you know, have it all implemented, but things that we've thought about doing and how we want to build this. So when we talked about engagement, um, there are like, you know, those standard metrics that you mentioned, but then beyond that, if you're like double clicking in, if we're building an advocacy community, we're building people who love us, love our tool, um, then we want to see like, how is that potentially, obviously there's a lot of factors, so we can't say it's like a one-to-one -one connection, but how is that, you know, tying back to renewals? Like we can look at eventually down the road, if we're tracking enough of these um, champions in our systems is we can see, okay, this person went to X number of user groups and, you know, their organization just had a big renewal or the CISO of this organization has been on our cab for the past few years. And so we can look to see like proven that these programs are building customer retention um, and loyalty to the organization. Um, I think that is something that takes a lot of time, but is effective. And if you're using the right tools and you can, they might already have those types of dashboards that you can eventually start looking at. If not, you can pull in, you know, pull in the, that information from the customer success team, look at those renewal dates, um, look at the NPS scores, look, at, you can, you connect a lot together if you have the right <clears throat> systems in place for one. And then I did mention it too, but like in, in terms of those engagements is tracking all of the any little thing that our customers are doing with us, being able to look at that. And then we can tie it back to point systems and we can see, you know, who's at the top and that's always great too. But then it can also see, okay, maybe X person did customer reference for us every single quarter for three years. We could eventually tie back, okay, this is like a super champion. This person may have helped us close X amount of money over the years. Um, so we can see like, who are those people that are coming back or, who are those people that switch organizations and keep bringing this platform on or using our tool, no matter where they're working? They love us so much that they're bringing us along the way and we can start tracking. How is that affecting our pipeline? How is that affecting our business? Are they, you know, are they referencing us or referring us, um, creating more of like a referral program and being able to see that as well as another, another piece. So um, those are all the things I think about and all ties back to if you have one place to go and one way that you can keep track of it all and then there's more that you can pull from the data if it's all organized I think the biggest issue is like you know centralizing it since it lives in so many places or in people's brains <laughs> yes that that is that tends to be where it lives um within <laughs> somebody's head and then you know they get a different role within the organization or somehow you lose that that data so I'll ask the question that I mean, maybe it's just on me, but I would imagine that people that are listening, like, okay, Anna, this is this is great, but is there a one size fits all? So a tool, a technology, where so far the things we've talked about that can do it all, um, 
does the unicorn exist in your opinion? And if it does, mm -hmm. awesome. Um, and if it, 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 you can share if you want. And if it doesn't, is it okay to have a couple of tools? And if you do that, what do you wanna make sure that you watch out for? It's a good question. I don't think, <laughs> I'd love to say that there's a perfect like, unicorn tool. Um, I don't think there's anything that does everything we need. Um, and I'd say my advice for anybody who's looking for that is, I think I mentioned it before, but really think about what is most critical in your organization for this to be effective. I know for me, I said integrations and being able to scale with me just because I'm in a scalable organization and we there's a lot that still needs to be done. So the flexibility and integration was at my top, but maybe it's different for you. Maybe you know, your company is already working in a certain type of way. So you need to find something that fits perfectly into that. So think about it in that way, focus on those high priority notes um, to when you're picking something. But then beyond that, um, if there are things that aren't perfect, which there won't be, is thinking through like, how can we, you know, work around this? What are ways that we can make this work for us as much as we can to still be relatively effective. Um, I think being kind of scrappy in that sense is important for all of us, um, no matter what tools that we're using. I think we can get more out of them if we think that way. And then your question about having multiple tools. Um, I think if, especially if there we have multiple things that aren't necessarily talking to each other, finding a way to still kind of like bring in all of the information in one place. So maybe, you know, it's like cadenced, like reports where we're cross-referencing reports, we're pulling everything together so we can get a full view, taking the time to do that. Cause again, it's not the most fun, but um, it's still, we can still create effective programs and majority of programs. We still use a lot of other things too, beyond our reference tool yeah. that as long as you take the time to take a step back and kind of great, create that pull picture for yourself and build out those reports, then you can still have, you know, an effective program regardless of what you're using. And, and that's good advice. And I, it was a sort of a loaded question, but I wanted people to know that like, we're not necessarily speaking to, here you go, this is the solution, um, go for it. And it'll make, you know, dreams and wishes come true. Um, I'm, yeah. I get asked often by people in the community, what tool, what, you know, what should I use? Mm. And I said, very similar to what you just said, so thank you for, for echoing. It's really about first understanding your wants and needs. And then it's mm -hmm. up to you to do your homework, really, and come to the table if you're going to talk to, to a vendor or you know, a solution and say, this is what I really need. Now show me you know, what, what of this can be achieved. And you, know, you find out quickly, right? Where, who can offer what, and it is about being a good fit for where you for where you're at and then to your point so important where you want to be um and i'm i i i didn't forget to ask this i was waiting till the end because i think the content question um mm. and i have, i have one more after this one but as far as these sorts of things that we like to measure you mentioned content i got very excited because it's another really tricky one Managing your yeah. customer voice content and those assets. Um, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, con content is a tricky one. Um, I thought through 
it's something that we're still, you know, establishing here. And I've, I frankly, I've never really in any organization I've worked with, have we had the perfect way to look at this, but we think about um, looking at, you know, where's our content living in what form, how are we sharing it and how can we measure that? So if say we have, I'm just using a customer video as an example. So if we have a customer video, maybe it lives on YouTube. So looking at the, you know, views that impact, how long are people watching it? When are they dropping off? Why? Um, looking at into those numbers. And then if it's a video that's living on the landing page, looking at the impact and views there, what's the audience um, look like? How does that compare with the rest of the website? Is it like a higher viewed page or is it lower than the rest of the site? Um, that's another important thing to think about. And then like in Google Analytics, like what's their searchability? Are people looking for it? Are they finding it? Are we, you know, all of those types of things matter. Um, and then social sharing. So if we're putting it out on LinkedIn and social, what does the engagement look like? I think those are a lot of, it's hard because our content lives in so many places, um, but trying to kind of break it out and think through based on these different places that it's living, what is the best way? Finding those metrics and starting to gather them. It, it definitely takes more time. Um, and you have to, every company is unique too. Like we said, you know, everyone shares and puts their content out in different ways and then starting to kind of like bucket it out. Yep. That's, we're still building that. That's like constant conversation for us, but yeah, that's kind of what we've come to thus far. I like that you call out a couple of good things, like some, some important metrics that need to be brought in. Um, I would just simply add to that because I get, um, I get heartburn um, when, I, when I talk to others in our community about just how much content they're tasked with creating. Oh gosh. So I would, I would like to say, this is, this is like a point in the column of be very thoughtful about your content assets and what you're creating so that you can track the success. Um, like, I'm not trying to say you only create like three pieces of content in a quarter. That's not what I'm saying. But just if, if you have the metrics, you can lean on those as well to showcase, you know what, guys, those like written case studies that we've been doing, they aren't performing. The videos are performing. So you get a little bit better at, at advocating for what kind of content. And I think with that comes the amount, right? Because then you're not... Yep okay, we need 29 um, case studies in PDF form. We need 62 customer videos. We need like six wipe. It, like it's impossible. Um, and you also can't be good about tracking when you have that much content. And let's let's face it. I, I don't know if you agree, Anna, but in my experience, sales has their go-to pieces of content <laughs> and it's not like 27 pieces. It's like four. Um, oh, yeah. That they really like. So there you go. If you need a little, get the metrics on the content and how it's performing and use it to push back so that we can all save our sanity when it comes to content. Absolutely. I think um, you bring a good point. And it also, I think, ties to in terms of like getting resources for things is using those metrics to say, you know, like videos cost more money. So if that's something where it's more effective, then you can show like the, this is what the numbers say. This is the content that matters. And yes, it's more expensive, but this is why we should invest in it. So it gives you a lot more 
um, tools under your tool belt to advocate internally. I was just going to mention budget since I know <laughs> that that is everyone's thinking about that great, but tools and technology that costs money. And right now, uh, especially right now, a lot mm -hmm. of us have shrinking budgets um, for the first time in a while. So anything you would add, lean on the metrics um, and lean on the goals. I think those two themes have become apparent yep. through our conversation. Anything else you would add for people trying to get the budget for a tool? No, I think metrics goals definitely are the main two. And then I think I mentioned it and it might tie into goals, but you think about efficiency um, or like, like I mentioned, like flipping it around, how are, how do we sell products? Well, how do we talk to customers to get them to, you know, use our platforms, whatever it is that we're selling and then kind of flip it, like become a salesperson for your program. Like, what can we do? Are we making processes more efficient, more efficient? How? Double click into that. So think about how we can support these little things. Um, and then I think that will help make it clear. Um, and then also making things, that's something we talked about like very recently is with these budgets, it's how can we do things more efficiently? How can we build X number of content uh, in a more efficient manner so we're not spending as much? So sometimes, a lot of times, tools can help us kind of scale that and move quicker, build more um, without as many man resources. Um, so I think that really ties in, but those are just two things that I think are important. To focus on. Really important call out though. I think we're going to hear a lot more of the E word efficiency, um, <laughs> you know, this year, how do we, how do we get better at it? And that's a very cross-functional thing as well, which is an entirely different topic for um, another <laughs> podcast episode. But as we kind of, I have just a couple more questions for you and I want to flip the script a little bit and pivot. So we're talking about measurement, we're talking about metrics, and then what tools and technology, you know, how do you use that to get it done? We know that that's now essential, but we're still customer advocacy folks, which means we're still relationship people. And historically, that's been a very qualitative metric. Um, I'm, I'm a big believer that I'm never going to abandon that. So I like it when the numbers and the narrative can come together. And that's kind of that whole quantitative and qualitative sort of thing. Um, have you figured out how to quantify your value as a relationship builder? I love this question and I agree with you. <laughs> um, I think I personally, that qualitative piece, like the relationship building is actually why I do this beyond. I mean, believe it or not, like numbers, metrics and tools are not what is my core passion here um and i think that i've thought about i may have mentioned it earlier but being able to quantify that in the sense of like having enough data and information of our advocates and the people participating in all of our different programs that we can see over time you know how are they influencing our pipeline like i mentioned um being able to eventually say you know you know, we all have those customers that in our top of our head pop up first that they, you know, may be very close with different people on our exec team and could be someone we call last minute to speak in a session. Um, so it's like we already know who those close relationships are and we're, we're arbiters, I think that's the word, in that relationship, keeping it, you know, 
going and making sure these people feel special and important to us. Um, so over time, if we have, if we're measuring things and we can eventually see, you know, how has that touched or impacted the numbers of this organization or even like brand recognition, if they're in a campaign, maybe they helped us, you know, get our brand out um, to the world. So the more that we measure, the more that we can do with the data. Yep. I love it. And I think that's why that engagement piece, to your point, we talked about it earlier, kind of bringing it back to that. It does matter. I know it's a tricky one sometimes like, well, what, you know, whatever we're doing all of these different, you know, activities, it really helps give you the why behind it. Um, and when you can tie it to something, it's a lot easier to, to make the case for, I want to do more of this or, you know, more budget or resources, et cetera. So, um, so I love that. So we can, we can quantify relationships, um, and we can do it in a few different ways. So I always like to end these conversations with basically the same question, which is what is the best piece of advice that you have for this customer marketing and advocacy community? Uh, it can be on any topic, but I'm curious if you could maybe put the spin on it that you've been the first functional hire. Um, there's still a lot of orgs that are putting customer advocacy in for the first time. What advice do you offer the community? I would say um, my advice for anyone, even if you're not the first functional hire, maybe you're the 10th functional hire, um, you're in established programs or you're in early programs. I think taking a time to take a step back and really understand like what are the needs of the business and how does customer advocacy, how can it support that and start kind of tying things together. Um, for me, when I got here, I learned a lot in just evaluating what is going on internally already. Like where do people want customer voice already? What, what do the, you know, what does leadership care about? Like where do they think customers can fit? Maybe they don't know. And maybe it's a lot of internal enablement and coaching um, to kind of prove or share why integrating customers across the board is critical. So I think taking the time to evaluate the situation that you're in can help you build things correctly. Like we said, there's no one size fits all. So understanding that before you take a step would be my advice. I love that. That's excellent advice. I'm actually going to take that, take a step back <laughs> as we kind of close, close this. But first, thank you so much, Anna, for for sharing all of your knowledge and experience with us today. So much good stuff. Um, thank you. This was delightful conversation. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I hope, <laughs> I'm glad to hear that you found it effective. Very, very much. And more importantly, those that are listening. So with the, the advice of take a step back, I encourage everyone take a step back. Listen, you know, if you listen to the episode, Think about it, reflect on the information here, because as you know, we certainly will get a peer perspectives session on the calendar. So Anna will join us and we'll have our usual kind of open Q&A. I love doing that. It's very casual, allows people to come, to listen, to ask. Maybe we can dig in, get into the weeds a little bit. That's what that is scheduled for. So the conversation might be over for today, but it certainly doesn't end. 
And thank you everyone for listening. And until next time, we'll see you then. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of The Customer X-Files. Don't forget to follow me, Allison Bukowski, on LinkedIn, where you'll find information about our Peer Perspectives session, your chance to join the conversation live on each episode's topic, ask questions, and network with your peers. Customer X-Files is brought to you by PeerSpot. In a market full of hype, PeerSpot's buying intelligence platform is where tech pros go to get practical, reliable information on enterprise technology. You work too hard to build strong customer relationships. It's time to leverage those relationships in a way that maximizes value for your organization and minimizes customer effort. PeerSpot's approach to customer-driven content empowers customer marketers and advocacy professionals that strive to achieve the gold standard within their industry. For more information, check out marketing.peerspot.com. And to keep getting this show in your podcast feed every time a new episode drops, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Mm -hmm.